is Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. This is the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. I am Coach Manaman. Thank you for listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. For the latest news and notes and baseball content from the tri-state area, find us on social media, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and at Coach Manaman on Twitter. Midwest Bus Trips is a great sponsor of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Leave all the stress and travel up to Aaron and his crew at Midwest Bus Trips. This summer, they will be taking trips to historic Wrigley Field to see the Cubs take on the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Red Sox, the Brewers, and the Rockies. If you're not a fan of either of those teams, Aaron at Midwest Bus Trips has you covered. They'll be making a trip to Guaranteed Rate Field to see the New York Yankees take on the Chicago White Sox. If you are a fan of American Family Field, also known as Miller Park, that classic Brewers vs. Cubs rivalry will be taking place in August at the end of summer. Find Midwest Bus Trips on Facebook or search them at MidwestBusTrips.com. Welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. As always, this is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman, and I have lost track of what week this is during the high school baseball season, but this week is the weekly update for June 20th through June 24th. It's not too late to jump on the bus and board the bus with Aaron and his crew at Midwest Bus Trips. July 2nd, they are headed to Wrigley Field to take on the Boston Red Sox. Find them on Facebook, Midwest Bus Trips, or do a Google search of MidwestBusTrips.com. Couple quick shout-outs here before we get into our weekly interview and our player spotlight. Shout out to Calvin Harris. He had himself a night at the College World Series. I am currently recording this at 1.40 p.m. on Thursday, June 23rd. So hopefully when you listen to this, Cal is playing for a College World Series in a couple hours here. They will be playing a do-or-die winner-go-home game. The reason why we're recording this early is my wife and I are scheduled to have a baby here in a couple hours, so this episode is going to be a little bit different than our weekly updates in weeks past. Also, huge shout out and congratulations to the Beckman Blazers and the Cascade Cougars on earning the number one seed in the playoff substate brackets coming up here, which is a perfect lead into our next guest. Um, we're going to talk about beards here in a, in a couple minutes. I am a proud beard owner. Whenever this guy wins pitcher of the night, our king of the hill, everybody always comments on his beard, but we're going to welcome in Jack Carr from Cascade. Jack is also this week our fully distributing pitcher of the week and he's coming off one of the most dominant pitching performances this year he threw a perfect game 
in Bernard against Bellevue. And Jack was also mentioned in our preseason all-debute team. He was up for Pitcher of the Year award, preseason Pitcher of the Year, and was uh, beat out by Brock Booth in a fan vote. Jack, welcome to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be here. You know what? It's going well. It has been a crazy, it's been a hectic week. As soon as I get off this podcast with you, I'm going to go pack a suitcase for my couple uh, nights stay in the most expensive hotel room I'll ever pay for, which is a hospital room. But you know what? That's what makes it fun here. I want to talk to you about something. I, I've seen that you have quite the beard going. How long have you been growing that beard for? Um... Quite a while. So I trimmed it probably about a month ago, probably two weeks into the season in May. Um, and since then, haven't really done too much with it. No, I just kind of shave it and clean it up a little bit. Um, but no, I just kind of let it go other than that. Now, if you are a beard owner and you're listening to this, I mm-hmm. sometimes get mine trimmed and taken care of at Cadillac Cuts down on Central. Uh, can't remember the owner's mm-hmm. name, but he does a great job with beards. Well, let's talk about you and let's talk about the season you're having. Every time I post about you, there's always Cascade Faithful talking about how you are the front runner for our end of the year Joe Horner Pitcher of the Year Award. I've also seen the nickname Jumpin' Jack Carr shooting uh-huh. around the internet, which I like because I am a Rolling Stones fan and Jumpin' Jack Flash is one of my favorite songs by them. The other night, you threw, which was a neutral site for both teams, um, for Bellevue mm-hmm. and Cascade. Now, Bell, uh, Cascade does have some history on that field and Jim Leitner and the Telegraph Herald did a great mm-hmm. article explaining that history. But that is your home field for semi-pro. Now, semi-pro is a great league and a great baseball experience, a chance for pitchers like yourself to face top-of-the-line hitters and a way for top-of-the-line hitters in the area to face some great pitching. Now, when you pitch and have pitched for Bernard in the semi-pro ranks, how do you think that has helped you become a better better pitcher and be successful at the high ranks that you're doing here at the high school level? Um, I'd say it's kind of a big confidence booster for me because there's not a lot of pressure attached to semi-pro, especially those league games. Because uh, for high school, anyway, I feel like there's a lot of pressure because you want or all the guys behind you really want to win and you're um, I don't know, it just feels like it's a ton of pressure for me when I go out in the mound for high school. But when I go semi-pro, I just feel like I can relax out there and be myself and uh, just work on stuff, really. Uh, it's a good place to practice, you know, off speeds, behind in the count. Um, just good. I uh, work on command and such like that. Because like I said, it's not really, like, especially those league games, if you lose, it's not really the biggest deal in the world. And I have, like, I have no pressure up there. I have all the confidence. So for me, pitching in semi-pro, I can just work on different things and have a lot of fun out there. And it is a lot of fun. A lot of great guys, especially for the, mm-hmm. Nard, the Bernard baseball team, Eric D'Souza. Oh, yeah. Great, mm-hmm. great guy. 
Walk us through your perfect game, and I have to preface this, that it was a five-inning perfect game because mm-hmm. I do have some listeners. Every single time I will say somebody throws a perfect game or throws a no-hitter that will message mm-hmm. me and tell me that you cannot throw a perfect game or a no-hitter unless you throw nine mm-hmm. innings, which is impossible to do mm-hmm. in the high school ranks. So also, if you're sending mm-hmm. me that information, send it to Jim Leitner at the Telegraph Herald as well. But walk us through your five-inning perfect game against uh, Bellevue. Were there any close calls? Were there any almost ball four moments? Were there any bang-bang plays? Were there any boots on the infield where they recovered and, and got the guy out at first? Tell us about that perfect game. Uh, so I guess, uh, you know, every perfect game and over there has that play that kind of saved it. I'd say for me it was probably the first inning. There was, I think it was the second batter of the game, second or third batter. Uh, hit a ball to center field. And it, was, it was dropping quick. It was a little blooper. And Will Hush, our center fielder, got a great jump on it, came running in, uh, made a really nice play on it. So that's probably the play that saved it. Uh, other than that, there weren't really too many close calls at the plate that affected anything. I uh, had one three-ball count. It was 3-0, I believe, and I was able to come back on that and get a, a fly ball to the right, I'm pretty sure. But other than that, no, there wasn't really anything. Um, on the infield, infield was fantastic. No real boots or bobbles at all. Pretty sure up the middle, too, with uh, Mason Odding at shortstop and Justin at second, um, which they've been fantastic this year defensively. And nothing changed that game. They were great for me. And then... I was able to have command of all my pitches. I could throw curveballs and change-ups behind in the count if I needed to, uh, throw them out of the zone 0-2. Uh, so that was probably the key there is I really had everything going for me. And when you think about that, Cascade is a great field that plays really well. I mean, mm-hmm. these infielders were making plays on an infield that it was their first time playing on all year, and the outfielders were mm-hmm. making plays in the outfield where the backdrop is is a little bit different. I know every field. So props mm-hmm. and kudos to your defense for making those great plays. Now, I know there were times when I pitched where my bullpen was absolutely awful. And I know there were times mm-hmm. when I pitched when my bullpen was great and everything was working. Was there anything that stood out in your bullpen before the game where you thought it might be a special night? Or was there something that maybe had a little bit extra tail? Or was there something in your in your repertoire that was not working that you shied away from leading into your start? Um, to be completely honest, I felt like it was just like every run-of-the-mill run of the mill bullpen before I go into a game. Uh, the one interesting thing was that uh, there's no bullpens actually at Bernard, so it was just a flat ground kind of off to the side, which was interesting. Um, but no, it was usually uh, pretty same. I was just working on, you know, curveball change-ups in the zone, out of the zone, command of the fastball, bottom of the zone. It was pretty much usually how it goes. But yeah. Jack, I've seen you pitch in person once. And that's when I was uh, umpiring the bases. But I I followed your career for a couple of years now, as long as this podcast has been in existence. The one thing that I've noticed about you, and I don't know if this is a fair assessment, but you are a pitch to contact guy. You don't have Mm -hmm. a, a lot of strikeouts. You're not a big strikeout guy. But what pitches do you have in your toolbox and how do you approach hitters when they when they step up to the up to the plate? Um, 
the big thing is getting the first pitch strike for me. Uh, that's a big confidence boost up there. If I can get ahead in the count, I know I'll be able to probably put them away, uh, especially so I throw fastball, curveball, and changeup. Uh, good hitters, I like to get ahead to the curveball uh, and changeup, really, um, just to catch them off guard, you know, just get one in there, get me over, curveball, changeup to get ahead. And then, yeah, just pitch the contact. So if I go 0-2, I'll probably, you know, you get probably, for me, it's one pitch, curveball, changeup out of the zone to try and get a, a swing and miss on. And if they don't bite or I miss it somewhere, after that, I'm just going to try and go right at and hit the corners and mix it up and try and get weak contact. Yeah. Now, Jack, Cascade is currently ranked three, ranked third in Class 2A. Mm-hmm. You started the season unranked. What is it mm-hmm. about this team that makes them deserving of the number three ranking overall? And why do you think you may have flown under the radar for the offseason and also the first couple weeks of the season? Um, I think it's because we have, we have a lot of guys that you don't really hear about stepping up for us, and that depth is what good teams need. Like if you look at, for example, like Major League Baseball, a lot of good teams, they have depth. The whole rotation, bullpen, and up and down the lineup are good. And uh, I think that's what we have here is we have depth. If it's not me, Kate, or Cooper on the mound, we have two other guys, DJ Soper and Jace Rankin, that can get the job done very well for us. I think that's really important because if you have four or five games in a week and you run out of pitching, we have those two guys, and they've been really good for us this year. And then up and down the lineup, too, has been incredible. I think we have, like, the best nine-hole hitter in the conference for sure, Justin Rowling. He has been uh, amazing for us from the nine-hole. And just the whole lineup up and down. You know, if the top if our one, two, three guys go for three in the day, we can probably still win the game pretty easily because their whole lineup can get on base and hit. seems like a lot of our runs this year have come from the bottom of the lineup. So I think that's probably wise because of the depth we have. Shout out to Justin as well. He was three for three against Monticello the other night. Mm-hmm. When you have those nine hole hitters, especially if they have a little speed and they can turn it over to the top, a lot of great things can happen. Now, you kind of answered this question a little bit, but I don't want to leave anybody out. And I think it's a great question because I know in all of my years of coaching, there were years where everybody got all the media, everybody got all the publicity, but there were always a handful of guys that got zero media coverage, but were just as important or just as valuable to the team as the guys that were getting all the publicity. Now, we know about Cooper Hummel. He's having a great year on the mound. We know about Cade Rob. We know about yourself. Some of the guys that you failed to mention earlier, who might be some of those unsung heroes on Cascade who are contributing big to your team's success and having great years, but we may not have heard about them. You mentioned Justin before. Is there anybody else? Mm-hmm. I'd say Cass Huffman and Ty Frazier. I know they're probably, I think, our two leaders in batting average, uh, lower in the order guys, you know, five, six, seven guys have been getting on base for us a lot and it's really important for us to get on base there at the bottom of the order like you said to turn it over to the top of the order so those two guys and defensively too I know Cass often's like our utility guy when Cooper pitches he'll play third base for Ty or if Will Hush needs to come in and catch he'll go to center field he's been pretty good defensively uh, especially last night against Monticello he was pretty good uh, and then Ty Frazier too early in the year he's been, he was hitting the ball really well uh, he's kind of been struggling a little bit as of late but he's picking it up um, and then our two corner outfielders, too, Tanner Simon and Jack Minster, uh, they've been really good for us, too, this year. And, you know, you mentioned those guys' names, and we're going to play a game here in a little bit. 
most of those guys mm-hmm. have averages over 300 getting on base <clears throat> over um, around uh, four out of every 10 trips, which, which is crazy to think that one through nine um, is putting that many guys on base. Now, Jack, I do want to go to our preseason episode. And if you if you haven't listened yet, go find our catalog, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, and, and look through our catalog. We do a fun episode. It's our preseason all-Dubuque team. And we cover um, who we think are the returning top players and, and kind of make a team out of them, make a pitching staff out of it. We give some preseason awards. Now, I don't know if you listened to that episode, Jack, but you were in a final vote-off with Brock Booth from Hempstead and yourself mm-hmm. from Cascade and Ray Slosher from Senior. And it's interesting because I was actually going to give it to you. And um, I ran into the great debate, which a lot of people debate around this area, is people said that if I gave it to you, we were going to have the competition debate that, you know, Cascade never plays anybody. Or if you put Jack in this conference, you know, he's going to get lit up or but but we're seeing like Christian Pruel, who was a lower class player now playing at Waller, having a great year. Um, at Waller, and, and I don't think that's the case for you, but it came down to a fan vote, and you got beat out by Brock Booth. I sent a uh, text and your stats with the other three to 21 of my uh, baseball friends that I, I, um, I go back and forth, and it was actually seven votes for Ray, seven votes for you, and seven votes for Brock Booth, so we opened <laughs> it up to uh, a fan vote. But I don't know if you knew this, but when you saw that you got voted out or you didn't get um, that preseason recognition, was that a little bit more uh, motivation for you or were you just like, ah, who cares? It's just a stupid podcast that nobody listens to. Regardless, I'm just going to go out and do what I need to do. Um, it gave me a little bit of motivation, I'd say. Um, but mostly my motivation pretty much this year has probably been um, for my team and winning games. Uh, to go out there and compete. But, no, I saw that. It did give me a little bit of motivation because I thought I was really close in the fan vote, too. But, you know, I know uh, Brock Booth, he's going to Loris next year. Um, and he'll actually be my teammate there next year. So, no, I wasn't too bothered by it, no. Now, I'm sure that uh, Coach Hummel has talked to you about this. And as of recording this, it was just breaking news. But Cascade was awarded the number one seed. And has he broken down your playoff path to state? Um, your bracket has Comanche, Durant, uh, Northeast, Goose Lake, Timpton, and Wilton. What are some of the things that Coach Hummel has, has told you about those teams? Um, uh, how do you think your, your chances are, are looking? Who, are, who might be some of the difficult teams in there? Who might be... Um, some of the hitters that you have to focus a little bit more extra attention to? Um, so we haven't really too much uh, dove into the discussion of the playoff path yet as a team. Um, we talked about the bracket a little bit until we have to face, but having that one seed is huge to be able to host and have that home field advantage. Um, but no, the teams that we have in here, we've all beat them before, like uh, Anamosta, Comanche, um, Northeast, we'd be twice. Tipton, so it's, we have a we have a chance. We have a really good chance to go, and we know that there's no big heavy hitters teams that we have to be worried about. 
Um, so I think we have a really good chance to make it. Um, but no, hitters-wise, I have to be careful of. I know uh, Animosa Sam Will, last year he got to me a little bit. He had two home runs off me. I actually won double-headed there. This year, the one I faced him, he was over 3, though. But he's definitely one you have to be careful for because he swings a pretty good bat. But other than that, really, uh, in our side, in our district pool, um, no one that we have to be crazy concerned with, I think, because, like I said, we beat all of them before once or maybe twice. And I guess the one team we haven't beat is Durant, which we kind of gave that one away. That was uh, last Friday, I believe. We had a 4-0 lead in that game, and we ended up losing a 5-4. to We gave a 5 in the bottom of the 7th. Kind of snowballed on us, a couple of walks, uh, airs, some wild pitches. But I know, I mean, that was the game that we easily could have won. We had a lot of guys left on base. Um, so overall, though, looking at our district, we should have a, a pretty good chance to win. Now, looking at you and, and breaking down the, the bracket, I think the only team that can beat Cascade in your bracket is Cascade. And, and you mentioned it yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you threw a couple away. And, and I think if you guys play your game, which is get guys on base, get guys moving, throwing strikes, making plays behind them, I, I think you have, you have a solid chance. But we know that nothing is guaranteed. We know that nothing's given. We know playoff mm-hmm. baseball, everybody's um, zero zero going in, but being able to host in Cascade, which is an electric baseball town, will be a huge benefit as well. I do want to play a game with you, Jack, before we get into our last question. And this game was such a fun game the last time I played it that people um, requested that I do it again. Would you like to play the Midwest Bus Trips game of the week with us? And the game is how well do you know your teammates? I would love to play the game. All right, so let's have some fun with it. Listeners, especially if you're in the Cascade community, go ahead and hit that pause button when I ask the question and see if you can come up with the right answer. All right, Jack, first question for you. Who currently leads the Cascade Cougars in batting average? Unless it changed last night, I know before last night it was Ty Frazier, so I'm going to I'm gonna stick with Ty Frazier. You are exactly correct. Sophomore All Ty right. Frazier. Mm-hmm. Now, who is the Cougars' top home run hitter? And he has two on the year. That would be Cade Roush. You are correct. Also, mm-hmm. I heard this umping you guys, pork chop. All right. Oh, yeah. Th- third one. Who leads the Cougars in total bases? Ooh. Um, I know Justin went in three doubles last night. Oh, man. Um, I know Cade's having a lot of doubles, too. I'm going to say Cade Roush. And as of the time of recording, it is Cade Roush who currently leads in total mm-hmm. bases. And no, this isn't the Cade Roush show. It is the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. <laughs> Fourth question we have for you. The Cougars currently have a two-way tie for the team lead in RBIs. Can you name both? I'm going to say Ty Frazier and Cade Roush. You are exactly correct again. I cannot. Do you have varsity bound open right now? I don't, no. I was looking at it a couple days ago, though, so I have a pretty good idea. All right. Now, this is a difficult question. It's a two-parter. If you would have listened to Quill Shorts from Hempstead, he actually – Got this one correct, which I was surprised by. 
Who leads Cascade in stolen bases? Um, I think, hmm, I know, oh man, um, I'm going to say because of his high batting average, I know he's a really, really good base runner. I'm going to say Cass Hoffman. Okay, that one you're incorrect. It is Tanner Simon. Now, here's my next question, and it's a follow-up. How many stolen bases does he have out of how many stolen base attempts? Mm, I think he's gotten thrown out once this year, I think. I'm going to say he's gotten thrown out once. I'm going to say, oh, 11 for 12. You're close. He's been thrown out twice. He's stolen mm. 10 bases in 12 attempts. That's, that's a difficult one. Mm. Next one. Mm. Who has the lowest ERA for the Cougars? I um, believe that's me. Oh, wait. Nope. It's the, technically it's Cass, I think, because he, he had one inning with no runs. I'm going to need some help with this last name. It's not Cass. It's not you. It's a guy by the name of Jace. Is it Renke? Oh, Jace Renke. Yeah. And he Mm -hmm. has an ERA of 0.50. Now, there were some guys that threw a third of an inning or threw one inning. I think I Mm -hmm. took the guys that had 10 innings or more. Now, who leads Cascade in saves? And they currently have three of them. That would be Cade Roush. He'd be the big closer for us. And he's doing a great job. I, I always get nervous. Oh, I always got nervous when I coached when my catcher was also a pitcher because mm-hmm. sometimes my backup catcher wasn't the greatest. But you guys have two great catchers out in Cascade. Next oh, yeah. question. Oh, yeah. And this, this question I had to change last minute due to last night's stats. But what pitcher mm-hmm. leads Cascade in wins? And he has six wins on the mound. That would be Cooper Hummel, I believe. It is, and I it used to be what two Cougars because it was five, but Cooper picked up the win mm-hmm. a couple nights ago against Monticello. Now, who leads Cascade with the most batters mm-hmm. struck out? I think Cooper has that one too. He does, and he has mm-hmm. 47 strikeouts on the year. So mm-hmm. you did really well. I think you only missed three, so you're batting 700, mm-hmm. 7 out of 10 in the Midwest bus trips. Mm-hmm. Uh, game of the week, how well do you know your teammates? Now here's my last question for you before we hit into that podcast killing double play you mentioned this a little earlier. I'm not sure if the listeners caught it, but I caught it. Um, I haven't seen anything from you that has been a commitment to anywhere or even if you want to go on to play college baseball. But are you planning on playing college baseball at the next level? If so, who do you plan on playing for and why did you pick that school? Uh, so I made my commitment about a month and a half, two months ago to play at Loris next year. Um, I chose them because I took a visit there and I really enjoyed their campus. Um, and there was a couple of schools I was looking at. I, know I, was, I took a visit to Co. Um, and then I know Southeastern was looking for me to play down there. Uh, I didn't go with Southeastern because it's like two and a half hours away, I think. And then over Co and Loris, I took a visit there to each of them. And I really liked Loris's campus. Uh, I liked how close to home it was too. It's just in Dubuque, obviously. So, And then... 
um, just the coaches were really nice there. I really enjoyed the coaches and being able to meet them. And, uh, yeah, that's why I picked it because it's close to home. Um, it felt really like home-like and small. And then obviously they had a pretty good baseball team this year too. Congratulations to you. And it's very difficult to have a conversation with Carl Tebon and not get excited about baseball. And Coach Woj does a great mm-hmm. job with the pitching staff as well. What are your personal goals for the rest of the season? When I and you and I connect here at the end, end of the season, what, what are your goals? What are the team goals in, in moving forward? Uh, team goals is obviously to uh, make it down to the state tournament and hopefully win a state championship. Um, me personally, I guess, um, oh, let me think here. I'd say maybe keep my ERA sub one would be pretty cool. And then, um, keep my scoreless inning streak going. Cause I have, I think it's like 19, I think right now would be pretty cool to keep that one going. But overall, obviously team goals to get down to Carolina would play in a state uh, tournament. Best of luck to you the rest of the year, and best of luck to the Cascade Cougars on their 2022 season. 6-4-3. We're out of here. Postgame show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Don't forget to stop by... Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and also subscribe on Spotify.